This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM Community Radio in New Haven and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I'm here in our um, regular time travel machine with my regular co-pilot, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel of the New Haven Museum. Hi there, Jason. Hi, Alan. And on this day, we are not in our usual place of broadcast, the Church of St. Paul and St. James. We are at... Uh, New Haven's original church, Center Church at the heart of the green, and we have three special guests. Uh, Center Church's uh, acting minister, Kevin Ewing, um, Michelle Georgievich, the archivist, and uh, Nancy Malone, the church clerk. Hi, folks. Hey. Hi. Hi. Well, thank you for joining us. This is our Thanksgiving show, right, Jason? Yes, it is. And I, what I wanted to cover were really just two big subjects in, in, in the time that we have. Um, uh, the, the wonderful uh, holiday of Thanksgiving, uh, a little bit about its origins and uh, how it was celebrated, actually, here in New Haven. And then I want to ask you folks what it's like to celebrate that holiday and, you know, the Sabbath and what you do when you're here at the church in such a historic place. So, um, so Jason, or any of you folks, let's tell people a little bit about what we think Thanksgiving's origins are in general, uh, and, then, and then maybe uh, try to imagine what the first Thanksgiving was uh, here in New Haven. Um, and what I, I, I let me put my, my, uh, my card on the table. I believe that the whole business of Thanksgiving came when the Puritans and the Pilgrims, the Separatists and the folks who ended up founding this church, they wanted to purify the, uh, the, um, uh, the Church of England of its holidays, which, of which there were many. And they really wanted to simplify and get rid of the holidays and just have holidays of Thanksgiving or fasting or whatever it was as it was motivated by circumstances. So I believe that that's what the um, what Theophilus Eaton and John Davenport took with them when they left England. Jason, what do you think? And, and Center Church folks chime in if we're off base. So um, yeah, that's that's uh, somewhat the gist of it. Um, Thanksgiving as we know it today, being a set day, or rather, it's not even a set day. It's a set. Uh, it's the fourth Thursday, but it always fluctuates. It's and not it, a set it, date. Right, it became set only... Uh, it became set on that date by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Right. But and, the, and it was passed congressionally at that point. And it became more of a set date along the lines with previously with proposals by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. But going back to the roots of Thanksgiving... And we are joined by Demika Anderson, the, the deacon here at Center yes, Church. Hello. Welcome, welcome, hey, Demika. We're talking about the origins of Thanksgiving way back in uh, in Church of England history. So Thanksgiving here in New England uh, was had a just as equally heavy counterpart, which was traditionally fast days. So you had a fast day, you had a Thanksgiving day. Thanksgiving days were uh, essentially days of prayers and services to give thanks for... Um, for something good happening. So say there was a great harvest, you have a Thanksgiving. Uh, just uh, on the opposite side, which carried the same weight, or maybe even heavier weight at times, were fast days, where if something negative happened, and it was construed that um, God was upset, to, to, to put it simply, or things were out of balance, you had a fast day, 
because you wanted to set things right. And they were, and, and they were, and, and these and things flu they fluctuated. Basically, they were proclamations. So say, right. say you're in the middle of June and you have a tremendous thunderstorm followed by a tornado. You get through that and you may declare a fast day. Well, all right. So, and, and does that all sound right, folks? Doesn't it's completely strange to me? Strange, I strange. Yeah, I all don't right. know about fast days. Well, but but uh, the, I, I believe that um, that was part of the, the 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 Puritans' effort to purify the calendar. The, the, the Church of England had all these, all these holidays, um, and people had to sort of uh, pay for them or, or do them. I think on some level the, the, um, the church that they wanted to, to purify was, was making money out of having um, 50 and 60 holidays a year, this Saint's Day and that Saint's Day. And I think that was part of the corruption that really bothered the, uh, the founders who came to New Haven. Um, Something also that would have been happening here in the New World uh, was just that. It was a New World and there was a, there, you didn't have as many people. So you had to also use this as a community builder and tie, tie communities in. Right. So that's also what Thanksgiving... Thanksgivings would be traditionally local and then as time went on they became more regional and they really were centered around... It's really a New England tradition and then as, as it progressed through the 20th century became a national tradition. So are, are you really telling us, Jason, that it has nothing to do with uh, the Detroit Lions football game on Thursday morning? Well, now it does. And now it does. And it has nothing to do with the, the, with the, with the Macy's Day Parade. Now it does. Well, and again, those would be more uh, 20th century constructs. Right. And right. even right. down to the idea of um, right. the hats that the pilgrims wore with the big buckles and things like that. Um, and uh, the Native Americans with a certain headdress on that really wouldn't have matched what they would have worn. And so these things all became um, kind of born out of uh, these uh, stereotypes, if you will, were born out of uh, early 20th century uh, celebrations. Um, and one in, in particular here in New Haven was the 300th anniversary in 1938, uh, kind of worked towards uh, celebrating those, those kind of, um, these, these views of that time period. So, so how, how is Center Church going to mark Thanksgiving? Is there going to be a church event uh, that's going to touch on some of these things? Or are you, uh, how do you use your history for Thanksgiving here? Well, you want to talk about what we tra did traditionally and what it's become? And what happens the in the day? basement now on, th on Thanksgiving? Oh, well, <laughs> actually, now it is not so much a center church function as the function of desk, the downtown evening soup kitchen, which serves, gee, 700 meals. I believe this year they're expecting to do 900 meals. Wow. But originally, oh. the, the um, Thanksgiving celebration, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, was begun by center church for members who were alone on Thanksgiving. Okay. And they met together to commune and uh, share the holiday. Mm -hmm. And this has advanced to this big event that Desk observes. Do you have an approximate time when that started? I really know. So it would have been a kind of a, a day of... Maybe 30s, mm -hmm. early 40s. I, I don't know. Right. 
I mean, that would correspond with these dates that we mentioned, too. And, and something to keep in mind, too, is a national holiday. New Haven, or rather, Thanksgiving being a, a more national holiday, that came about out of the American Civil War. Uh, and that was an attempt um, among many attempts by Abraham Lincoln predominantly to try to keep the, the country together. Uh, and so he, he issued a national proclamation and thus taking this kind of regional idea uh, and putting it on a national basis. And it wasn't uh, fully uh, celebrated as officially as a national holiday until the period of Reconstruction um, in the 1870s. So we went from the 1870s to um, about these, the 1930s period. And as we got through the Depression and World War II, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, our president at the time, um, basically moved it through uh, Congress and they passed it to be the current date. And that idea was for, in, again, to, to simplify right. it, was, was right. basically to extend the, the uh, holiday season and the shopping season that was developing and set it at a certain time. Well, I I, I can add a little bit to what Nancy's talking about, and this idea. And you, you, and you are Michelle. I am Michelle Dredge, the church Please. historian. And I looked at some of our ephemera and our old bulletins and calendars and programs for the 1900s. Mm -hmm. And um, and so even when this becomes recognized in our in our um, programs, it's not a center church thing. It's always an ecumenical effort. So first, you're seeing records that on Thanksgiving, what they called is going to be a union service, and that was. Um, How far back is that? Michelle? This is. So I think I started in. Um, gosh, I think that was as early as the 1905 oh, record really? I found. Mm -hmm. And so that union service is um, United Church and um, and Yale, who uh, Yale's chapel. They both split off from us in the First Great Awakening, and they hold a service. They um, they sort of pass it around. Then later on, um, the Baptists and the Methodists get invited. By the time we get to the 50s and the 60s, there was a service being held, um, hosted by St. Mary's on Hill House that was ecumenical. Mm -hmm. So, I, and, and what's really beautiful about that is um, when you look at who is so, so um, center becomes the permanent home of desk, I think in about 2008. But the, the, the downtown evening yeah, soup kitchen. But what, who, who you're going to see volunteering for this very special day and carrying all these deliveries are all these churches and synagogues from across the region that are right. bringing Meals on Wheels to shut-ins and also helping serve. So there's still that flavor of... You know, Center doesn't try to write its own history back into Thanksgiving. When the th when the holiday comes here, everybody's gathering around it. Mm -hmm. It's a it's like a really interesting know. idea that that uh, it's so ecumenical, and uh, because people do think about Thanksgiving as the great American non-religious civic holiday, mm -hmm. and what what could be more illustrative than the different churches all come and synagogues coming together? Um, but that isn't in the cards, or is it? This. Is there, is there any kind of ecumenical outreach on Thanksgiving uh, apart from the downtown evening well, soup kitchen? Are, are well, the, are, as our minister, Kevin's <clears> going <throat> to... Kevin, are the, are, <laughs> he's going to be there Thursday I'll, before I'll he eats the, the turkey. I'll do some of the devotional before, the, before we uh, eat one of the 900, or what did she say, three, 30 gallons of gravy. And, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just amazing how, how much they have done. And, and the work is, is done by... Um, they they partner with Yale Dining Halls oh. to to cook and carve for the turkeys and um, they've got three hundred pounds of t potatoes to peel and they're all done by hand and, and mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. They set uh, that up today in the yeah. in the dining hall, just potatoes everywhere mm -hmm. and all those tables. They, they used to have Yale. Someone told, I think you told me they used to have Yale surgeons. 
that would that would come in from Yellow Raven Hospital would come in and carve the turkeys. Wow. Yep. Uh, yes, I've heard that. But it got to be yes. too many people. Yes. We don't so want we don't want search and carve turkeys. Um, how interesting that is. Um, I, I, See, we believe we give thanks every day, mm-hmm. and so so from a religious perspective. Mm-hmm. By we um, meaning meaning the church, the, the church, the Christian church is is taught to give thanks every day, and here at Center, that's what we we believe as well. Um, so you're right. This is more of a, a secular, great American holiday than a Christian holiday. We got we got Christmas and Advent and all that coming up to right to get us going. Right. Do you do you think, given the given uh, Kevin or anybody, do you think, given the current uh, you know the post election uh, nerves about a country that's obviously very divided, that Thanksgiving either this year or in the Thanksgivings to come over the next four years. It might be a kind of um, an, an uh, occasion and, uh, that might turn into a, a bit more of a resource that could be more utilized to emphasize what people have in common. I mean, is that is? Do, uh, are you having thoughts or hearing thoughts along those lines? Because my impression is we need something like that. Yeah, I think I think everything is so fresh right now. This year, there's going to be a lot of difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with, with some friends who were uh, supporters of someone I was not supporter of, and they're already gloating on Facebook. Mm. Um, so it's going to be some, some complicated and difficult and, and, and uh, painful, I suspect, conversations around some of the tables uh, this year. I can only pray that, that as the years progress and we get through the next three or two or however long it takes us to impeach them, we um, we we do start to open up those conversations and 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 really work and and bring back the community aspect of us the ecumenical right. aspect and start trying to learn the conversation. Yes, I love. I together. love to hear that it was a community event uh, back at, uh, as early as uh, Michelle you're saying 1905. That's that's what I have um, in the library that's not over at the Beinecke, and that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, it, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, that, that was this idea that it is, um, Thanksgiving has always been seen as that, it tying in the community. And then when you're, when you're spread across a region, is getting everyone to stop at that moment to celebrate something. And that's, today that's a lot easier in a way to contemplate because, you know, we can pick up our phones at any given moment and we can grab our watch like Alan is and let's see what time it is. But up until that time period, up until relatively recently, even time zones were not regulated. So time changed within every single town. A mile or so, if you're following the sun, the time difference was different. So to really pull in your community, that's, that was really a, a strong importance of Thanksgiving um, and any holiday, but it seems very much so with this to uh, be able to kind of take a moment out of all these individual lives and uh, concentrate on uh, why people were there and what the community meant coming together. So let's shift just for a moment from, uh, from speaking specifically about Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving and, and uh, everything that you do here at Center Church. I love what you said that we're thankful all the time in, in the, uh, the church's family and tradition. But uh, is the sense of history something that is also with you all the time when there are services here 
um, occasions like Thanksgiving or or uh, other holidays. I mean, is the is the fact that you you're you're walking over the crypt where uh, you know the founders or the or the descendants, the children and the grandchildren of the original founders are below us? Uh, does that uh, uh, haunt you, uh, or in, in a good way? I don't think so much that we're walking uh, does over it, the Nancy, crypt. Nancy, you, you yeah. are speaking. Uh, with the uh, as the clerk, but also with uh, with uh, one of the leaders of the Ladies Home Missionary, Missionary Society. Society. But actually, I'm on the board of the Crypt Association also. Mm -hmm. But to, what to, I to, tell, to give people just a, a just a, a 15 second description of the Crypt, which is uh, one of the great treasures in New Haven, and not everybody who's listening might be aware of it. Okay. Well, the Crypt is a part of the original burying ground. Um, which was all of the New Haven Green. Um, when this building was erected... 1812? In 1814, I right. finished in 1814. Yes. Right. So what is down in our crypt is indeed the original burying ground. And with the, with the, with the stones intact. With the stones intact. The earliest intact one being and, 1687, right. if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. All right. So the crypt is below, and at, at the uh, above your altar, I believe it's the service in the wilderness. With John, is that John Davenport? It's and John Davenport giving the first sermon, with, supposedly. With Theophilus mm -hmm. Eaton standing nearby. But I think just the fact that we are the first church in New Haven, just being the first church in New Haven, is very important, and I think we're all aware of it. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're the, the history of this... It's not being dates, over the crypt or anything right, else. Right, right. Well, it dates back it's, to the founding. We are indeed yeah. the first church. They, they are a cloud of witness. They talk about <laughs> Hebrews. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, mm -hmm. you know, the saints and sinners from across um, time. Right. And the, I, for me, there's that continuity stream that's always available. I mean, I think in art history, they talk about object contagion, where certain objects uh, have some sort of spiritual essence where if you touch them, some how that's transmitted to you, and here we're, we're, we're congregational's heritage, so nothing is consecrated, right? So we don't have holy objects. So that object contagion you get from touching our 300-year-old history um, is is people's stories. It's it's, right. it's all those types of um, sufferings and triumphs and and tribulations that that people have been suffering through throughout the generations. Um, we did a joint service in the springtime with a bunch of the other now United Church of Christ churches and we needed more vessels. So the family comes, you bring out your best stuff. So we brought out a couple extra cups. One of them is the Davenport cup, which was um, donated by Davenport's daughter-in-law in 1718 from her estate. Wow. And when you touch that cup, Kevin served out of it, when you touch that cup, that cup, when the British came to New Haven in 1779, I believe, um, they knew we were going to get they knew we were getting a pillage. The church was going to, they were going to go through. So um, a deacon ball at the time took the stuff, he takes it home with him, and he has a seven-year-old girl hide all the silver into the chimney. And the British come to his house, they know it's up. They steal the gold beads right off of his wife's neck. Um, but the silver survives, and the silver includes that Davenport cup that we 
shared with our friends at one of our Thanksgiving celebrations of communion in the springtime. And that's something that you can always believe in that's always available, even when faith is not. It's that bigger, for me, it's one of those bigger organizing things I'm a part of when faith waxes and wanes. Well, hmm. but the, the bigger thing in, is history. I guess is the is the yeah. there's faith in that you're talking about having a sense of um, uh, stories that are rooted in the in the place where you are. I love the phrase object contagion. I could have guessed that you have an art history background. I don't actually. Well, then you know somebody who does. <laughs> I'm married to an art historian. Oh, okay. I hear this stuff all the time. But it is it is wonder it is it, it's like the place is the object itself yeah. almost. I mean, I like this uh, couple ideas because for our frequent listeners, you know, we do discuss these topics of, of uh, New Haven, every corner, you've got almost 400 years of history um, and being in this building and just even the idea of this, this particular structure itself, because I want to say this was the fourth meeting house here and built on the spot. And what's interesting too is by making the crypt and um, doing in the, in the construction of this building, uh, it came about at that time period that we've discussed a couple times about uh, Grove Street Cemetery and the burial grounds uh, here on the green and um, this the completion of uh, this building around that time period was also really at the, at the time where Grove Street Cemetery was becoming the official burial ground for the, the city and uh, on another interesting side note as well uh, it was designed uh, by Ithiel Town, uh, who also uh, did uh, Trinity Church, and they were both being constructed at the same time period, which is uh, about the, the period of the War of 1812. Well, right, and Jason, and, uh, and, and Michelle said as we walked in, uh, I don't know in what context, that was because it took until about 18, the uh, post-1812 war, about 1818, for the for the uh, state of Connecticut to uh, to separate for for the um, the theocracy which was Connecticut to disband and allow different denominations on the green. Until then, this church and um, uh, uh, congregationalism was the official church right. religion of the state of Connecticut. Right. And in in this discussion of Thanksgiving, we we we, we should put it in the context that they. The, the Puritans who, who came here formed a theocracy, and this building was built almost in celebration as uh, 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 with the other church, with uh, the Episcopal Church on yes. the green. It was allowed. They let the Episcopalians pray on Church Street, which is why Church Street is called Church Street uh, in, in the 1700s. But it took till 1818 to allow the full status of another denomination on the right. green. And I just like to think, I mean, just again, it just seems like the time in which this came about, uh, if you want to place yourself into that being a modern time, it was very heady times. There was a lot of change. There was a new, the country was new. It was, people were figuring out if it was going to work. We were, we, were, we were fighting the second war with, with Great Britain. The again. Erie Canal had just been built, which right. is now the, what do you call that thing? The Farmington, the Farmington oh, Canal connected to it. I believe. Uh, not to the Erie Canal. Well, oh, right. The Hudson River Canal. On the way. <laughs> but um, but one of the things that I find interesting in reading this history is the um, this church, 
the members of this church became business partners with members of the Episcopal Church. And the fact that they had economic ties led them to um, weaken their objections to, the, to, their, to their business partner's church establishing itself on the green. So D'Amica Anderson, deacon yes. mm -hmm. of this church, d does all this resonate for you? Uh, I don't, tell us how long you've um, been a deacon here and right. if, if you were drawn to the church in any way because of these wonderful, spooky, historical well, I was definitely drawn to the church for its history, and you I, were. I read up about the history before even coming here. No kidding. Tell can, us about that. I can see the church from my house, and I lived downtown for about 17 years. So coming around the corner and just seeing the first place, well, first church of New Haven, it, it just drew, drew me in. The, the fact that it was the first church that had significance for you? Yes. Can you... Can you Elaborate on that just a little um, bit. I just are you history I'm, a history buff? I enjoy history. It's just a lot of history right here that I can still come enjoy. So why not uh, take advantage? I was just drawn here. I don't know exactly why. You know, some might say God called me, but um, I just liked it, and I ended up staying. I became a deacon about three years ago, two two and a half. And and do you as a deacon have? any role in um, working with the history or the uh, um, well I might serve communion out of some of these historic cups oh, there you go <laughs> help, or help but, yeah. yeah I gotta say when, when she when I was pouring the wine into the, the, the Davenport the grape cup. juice into the Davenport cup he's now a restaurant I, I looked at it and I saw what it was and I was like oh my god don't drop it don't spill it. Don't scratch it. <laughs> there you go. Don't dent it. Don't. In fact, why don't you just put it down? Mm -hmm. I stood I 25 feet from it the entire time, like it was the nuclear football, and I was Secret Service. It was, <laughs> but it was it was it was a joy to share. But yeah, I think you even joked to me that if you I said if you if you drop it, just try to make sure it's from a short height because it's that really soft colonial era sofa. He's like, if I drop it, I'm going to make sure my body's underneath it before it hits the ground. So that <laughs> like some matrix moves. I'd be floating. So did you get you get, did you give it back to the owner or does where does it reside? At the, with, it with, resides in our safe. So mm. in your safe, okay. So now the secrets are about yes. to unfold. <laughs> what else is in the safe, Nancy? Of course, oh, you know well, we can't I let you leave never here. Now. Say. <laughs> yes. Right. No, I, I I love the way we're talking about things that um, have what the philosophers called aura, have a kind of you know I used a Halloween word spooky, but a, mm -hmm. a quality that. Kevin makes you not want to drop it. They do, and, and is that something? It's it's clearly not just inherent in the object. It's inherent in the relationship that we experience. We we bring it to the object. It's not. There's no vibe coming out of the no, object, is there? I don't. Our historical silver um, does rather of itself speak to us. Ah, is that in the safe? That's all in the safe. It's a wonderful safe. safe. How old is your historical <laughs> silver, Nancy? Oh, we have a, we have at least one piece from the 17th century. From from the from from the first few decades of the colony. That's incredible. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that when Theophilus Eaton and John Davenport came here and probably celebrated a Thanksgiving, uh, they did not come as poor people. They were they were very upper middle class mm -hmm. people that came with households, they came with servants, they came with silver. And um, 
that's an and so there I would imagine Jason or whoever I would imagine that a Thanksgiving or a or a feast on whatever the occasion was here would would have been very different from the kind of um, image that we have of the pilgrims first Thanksgiving that kind of simplistic American iconic story about the the, um, sitting at the picnic yeah, table with the Indians and, yeah. and so on and so forth. I mean, forth. obviously... Different here in town. Yeah. Well, again, it's um, getting back to kind of the, the romanticized version of this that we're uh, taught in school. And, you know, you can buy at stores the, the masks and the this and the that. And, um, but, yes, I mean, basically you'd, you'd think about this being, um, as we mentioned often... Here on the show, going back to the, the founding, this was an outpost on the edge of the world, and what you would imagine that to be. I mean, this wasn't necessarily a clean place. It was organized to some to the degree that it was being organized, but um, it was definitely a rough uh, outpost on the edge of. Uh, just imagine kind of going to the moon. You know, going to, to and, and being on, on the edge far away um, and, and building something new. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't completely rough and tumble, but it was rough and tumble enough. And the interesting thing about silverware, which kind of piqued my interest here, that there was silverware, is just because silverware itself, uh, as a commonplace uh, item, that uh, we use here in America really didn't come about until uh, the late 1700s, almost post-revolution, for for average families. So people didn't really use civil war. So that's but, kind of it shows the significance of the place that, right, that people would have had. Right. Yeah. No, my point no, is that these these people yeah. were not average, class. and the yeah. founders of New Haven and those early feasts were were true feasts. The the, the pilgrims. Uh, who are in the American mythology get the credit for this first Thanksgiving were, were very much uh, poor people. The New Haven was founded by upper middle class people, not just upper middle class people, but Theophilus Eaton had been the trade ambassador of the, of, of the king, I believe, to, to Denmark. So the, and these were very well-to-do people and uh, um, for some reason I, I his inventory of his house um, when he died is, is, I mean, there are nine dressers, and some of them might have been imported later from England, but he came laden. But it just occurred to me, looking over my shoulder down the church aisle to the, um, above the altar, that, that image, um, that might have been a service of thanksgiving. After all, people were very thankful that they had made the well, it actually wasn't a transatlantic voyage, was it? Those guys are not coming from England. They came down from Boston. Yes, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, and it was in it, and it was in Boston that um, uh, that there might have been a, even a different kind of sense of Thanksgiving. I, I think maybe as we wind up um, our our discussion here, and thank you so much for letting us come into this wonderful church. Thanksgiving, Kevin. What? 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 Uh, and the idea of gratitude, which I think is a, is a, is a, a, a religious concept that is almost universal. Um, but it's a moral concept. Yeah. A moral concept. Um, have you thought about what chapter and verse, or what ideas you're going to say when you when you take the knife and fork and 
begin to carve the turkey or before at the, the downtown evening soup kitchen in a couple of days? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's an honest answer. I'm a, uh, I'm a Pentecostal. We wait on the spirit to move. Ah. My background is Pentecostal. Uh, but it, it, it's, I think, remembering gratitude, particularly in a time such as these and, and where we find ourselves now, um, is very important. Um, no matter how, how much we struggle, no matter how miserable our lives may seem, there's always something in there for which we can find grace and gratitude and, and lifting that up. And, and grabbing onto that, I think, is powerful enough to propel us through some of the difficult times. Um, so it's, it's finding that place of gratitude within ourselves and within each other and, and, and dwelling on that at this moment, I think, is where the message will come from. Well, I can think of no better note on which to end this uh, special edition of This Day in New Haven History than that. Thank you, Kevin Ewing. Thank you. Uh, Michelle Georgievich, thank you, Demika Anderson, thank you, Nancy Mellon, thank you, Jason, for um, the special Thanksgiving edition of This Day in New Haven History on 103.5 FM. Please join us again. Oh, wait, we have an announcement. And can I invite people to come Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock? Every Sunday morning, come to service, 10 o'clock. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock at the wonderful Center Church. The first the, church in New Haven. The first the church, church in New Haven uh, in the heart of the green. Thank it's you going again. to be the last that we can make it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>